0: Glenn and I have known each other since uh, he was a freshman in high school. I remember him as a scrawny little guy, kind of nervous and shy. I was a senior, by the way. You know, that's uh senpai, right? But we got to know each other as we came to Japan with the same mission. Glenn welcomed us and gave us our first meal. I think it was. He's a good cook, and he was a bachelor for many years and got better and better as a cook. And then he married my sister, and he went downhill from there. Because she's an excellent cook. So, Glenn, we welcome you. you. Just pull out all the stops. (laughs) Uh, We can stand it, and we can... Keep going, keep going. Keep going. Oh. <laughs> Don't stop. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> we We can take it. Yeah. Yeah, can. yeah. And so give it all you have. And let me just pray for you. Yes, thank you. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness over the years. How you have led us to this very morning. And we ask that through this... Son of yours, that you would bless us with the words specially for each heart Mm -hmm. here this morning. We want to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. We want to know the Father better. Mm -hmm. And so, minister to us through your servant, Mm -hmm. powerfully through your word. Mm -hmm. By the Holy Spirit, we pray. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. amen.
1: When I knew Ron in high school, I had no idea I would end up being (laughs) brother-in-law. I spent three years in the pastorate in Alberta, Canada, in northern Alberta. You guys are talking about winter. You don't know anything about winter. It was minus 50. And then I spent um, 12 years in Japan, in Niigata-ken, a single man, very unusual at that time. And I worked under several Japanese pastors. Uh, They didn't trust me to work with other missionaries, so (laughs) they put me under a Japanese pastor, which was great. I really, really enjoyed that. And then I spent 26 years at Prairie Bible Institute teaching. Ron and Katie and I graduated from there. And lately, the desire of my heart has come about I've wanted to teach internationally, and I have the opportunity under the Back to Jerusalem movement in China to teach. There are 500,000 people who want to be missionaries from China. They want to take the gospel back to Jerusalem. It started in Jerusalem, went through Europe and around America, and then to the coast of China, and now they... Have the vision to take it back, but many of them have no training, they don't know cross-cultural they don't know how to cross culture they they don't understand uh, a different thing. so one of the professors at Prairie that I worked with and others have set up a number of courses to help these folks because we were finding as they got to the mission field much like what happened with our Korean brothers and sisters, Five families would go, and in a year, only two would be left because they're just crossing the cultural barriers and stuff. So I've been in three different countries in the past couple of months, and uh, hopefully I'll be (laughs) in some others. I have some trips coming up, and I'm writing a new course for that ministry. One of the things that's been burdening my heart, my heart, personally, And as I look at what's happening in my own congregation back in Three Hills, Alberta, and as I've traveled around the world, as I've looked at students when I was teaching, do we really know who God is? Do we really know who God is? I think that's the biggest need in the whole world, isn't it? And that's why many of you are here you want to share that. Last night was great. We want to share. We want people to find out who God is. You know, in our church in Canada, uh, the United Church of Canada, which is a union of Presbyterians, Methodists, and Congregationalists, they have just ordained an atheistic pastor. She's total atheist. And she's pastor of a large church in Toronto if you can imagine that. We don't know who God is anymore. You see what's happening in our governments in Canada, both our federal government and our provincial government. And right in our own town of Three Hills, I attended the Chamber of Commerce often because I'm chairman of the Good Health Club and we have a health store. And so I was attending there. And up until a year and a half ago, the chamber was very friendly with the believers because many, many people in Three Hills are believing. But a new chair came in and she said, enough of this kowtowing. We're going to do things this way now. Totally opposite to what we as believers would like things done. It's fast changing. People don't know who God is. Do you really know who God is? I have five things from scripture I want to think about who God is. You will probably know them. You've got them in your um, notes there. And when we get to the end of thinking about this, I want to consider how these statements of who God is apply to us personally. What do they mean to us? And what do they mean to you as a congregation? Because God just doesn't work with us personally. MCC is a body, and you're known. And what do you know about God as a body? And how does that show? out around, just out on the sidewalk in front. How does that show? The first two statements I'm going to look at, God has made about himself. The other three are God is such and such, but these first two, God's made himself. And the first one is basic to everything. I am. Have you thought about that? What does that mean? I have thought for years about it. Do you have a grasp of what that means when God said, I am? I am the past. I am the present. I am the future. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Equally, at the same time. Time is a created thing. Time has a beginning. Time has an end. And we're so stuck in time, aren't we? I mean, one of the things about Japan when I was here last was the train schedule, <laughs> you know? And I don't, is it this way anymore? At midnight, the last train went, and if you didn't miss the last train, you didn't make it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we're thinking about time all the time, aren't we? How do we grasp the one who stands outside of time? The one who, time is, is the past, time is the present, time is the future, now. Every minute he's saying, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. How does that impact me day by day as I go through my work and my conscious? God's there, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Canada's trying to block it out, say God isn't. But God says, I am, I am. Do you have that sense? I'm making up English. Do you have that sense of the amness of God, the isness of God? He is there. He is now. He is now. Every moment he is. I have a men's group that I meet with every Monday morning, and we were just challenging ourselves. I think the week before last, do we really know what it is to walk in the presence of the I Am? That he's constant, never changing, never will. Because the past and the present and the future really have no, nothing to do with him. He is. There's no change. So whatever I face, whenever I face it, in time, God is. I think if we really grasp that, it would make a lot of change in our lives. It's making a lot of change for me. We were challenging ourselves. When we're walking between classes or we're walking between jobs, what are we thinking about? Often we're thinking about, oh, you know, instead of, well, the Lord's right here. I'm walking with him. Thank you, Lord, for that beautiful flower. Thank you for, you know, and just talking with the Lord or even talking about the problem instead of in our own mind. I am is there. That's what we want this nation to know, right? We want this nation to know the I am. The Chinese missionaries that I'm working with want the people between China and Jerusalem to know I am. There's some thoughts I've had about this, too, and my salvation. What does it mean? When God says, I am in relationship to my salvation. Titus 1 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. What did he promise? Eternal life. What does that mean? I like to ask students, when were you saved? And they'll give me a date. And then I say, really? And then some of them say, well, my salvation was complete when Christ died. I say, yeah. When was your salvation complete? When was it complete? Before time began. Everybody?
0: (laughs) Before time began.
1: Do you really believe that? (coughs) Some of us struggle. Am I really saved? Does God really... Hey, it was complete before time He promised it before time began, right? Eternal life. What is eternal life? We're not talking about time. Eternity is not time stretched out forever. Eternity is something totally different. Eternity is not quantity. Eternity is quality. And this promise, eternal life, If you go through other scriptures, what did Jesus say? I am the life. What did God promise before time began? He promised life. He promised Christ. Jesus Christ is eternal life, right? And so the promise of eternal life was given to us before time began. I have a hard time wrapping my mind about this. I hope I'm not bending your minds too much here. Is it okay? You following? Yeah. The hope of eternal life. If any of you are struggling with your salvation, take this verse and think about it. It was settled. Why am I worried about it? There's something else coming later that we'll get back to that. Here's another one. Why was my salvation settled before time began? When was Jesus Christ slain? Before time, right? In eternity when, you know, he He is the lamb slain. My salvation was set before even time began. So do I worry about my salvation Or do I accept the I am in my life? Jesus Christ. I said I am, the one who, apart from anything in time, holds me. I am. The next thing I want to think about, these all tie, they all kind of flow one from the other. I am holy. First Peter one sixteen. What does holy mean? My students used to all get loosey goosey about this. What? Holy? <laughs> you know, it's kind of out there. In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word is kodesh. It means apartness, set apartness, separateness, sacredness, otherness. In Greek, in the New Testament, it means set apart. And it also then carries the sense of reverence, sacred, worthy of veneration, which all carry the idea of set apart. This idea that we are gods, or that God is in us, is flooding the United States, Europe, Canada, the Western world. Of course, it came from the Eastern world, the monotheism. We're all everything. Everything is the same. Monism, everything is one. Or pantheism, everything is God. God is in everything. No, our God is separate. Right? He is other. He is not like us. He is holy. And it's not lissy or something to be afraid of. We just need to recognize God is Other, he is not me. I'm in his image. That's an amazing thing to think about, and I'm not going to think about it today other than just to mention it. But God is totally different. How people in Canada are thinking that they're God, I have no idea. I just feel for them, because someday they're going to find out they aren't. That there is other What does that mean in your life? Our friends can let us down. Our organizations can let us down. There's other to go to, right? There's that who says, I am holy. I am separate. I'm outside of all of this that's going on. All this turmoil that we get ourselves into. We have another place to go to. God is holy, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, we need to grasp that. Mm-hmm. We need to grasp that. Then there's three verses that tell us God is. You've got them there. God is light in First John one five. God is love, First John four eight. And the Lord is good, Psalm thirty four eight. And I want to think about each of those a little bit. God is light. What does it mean, God is light? I don't know. So the next question I ask is, because I really don't know what it means, God is light. My question was, what does light do? Do you have some ideas what light does? It shines. What's the effect of light shining? It dispels darkness. It dispels darkness reveals things. This one might catch you off guard. Light measures. Right? Light measures all kinds of things. We use light years, but we have day and night, we have everything is based on light. They've been finding some fascinating things about light in just the last little while. So I've thought of when it says God is light I thought of, God is the one who measures me. He tells me I've missed the mark to begin with. That's why I needed him. But in my daily walk with him, how far am I away from the mark of what he wants me? Is he measuring me? It says his eyes run to and fro throughout the earth all the time, looking at the affairs of men, right? Do you have that sense as you walk with him no, I have good friends. And part of good friends is we kinda of take each other's measure all the time. Right? You just don't accept them. It's like, okay, you know, but like here's Ron and I was pipsqueak and you know, we took each other's measure and and God is measuring us. Are you aware of that? Light? You're walking in the light. There can't be anything hid. Can't be any darkness, there can't be any fooling around with truth. It's being measured. Light brings life. Right? There are a few things that exist in the dark. Marcia and I were in a cave in France and there's these little tadpole things that have no eyes, and they're perfectly white, almost transparent, and they're live and they live in the dark, and I'm thinking what a Sad existence. <laughs> light brings life. Do you know God as light bringing life to you? I know how much you've been enjoying the sunshine. Oh, and don't tell me that spring is coming again. We still have two months of winter,
0: <laughs>
1: we still have this much snow. And uh, spring is not here. But oh, do we enjoy the days when there's light. Do you love walking in the light? Do you love walking with God in the light? Do you love letting him bring life to you? Another thing that light does is light cleanses. And I don't know if you can see this, but... Uh, If you put tap water in the light, it shows you how many bacteria were in it, and then after it's in the sunlight, it really drops it down. Then drain water, look how dirty your drain water is, but you put it in the sunlight. And then lake water, what happens to the lake water. I I have a, a former faculty member with me who's joined a mission now, and what they're doing is using plastic Coke bottles. And there's a way of putting them in the sun and within a few hours they have clean drinking water. The sunlight cleanses the water. God is light. Do you like to go out and lie on the beach and let the sun refresh you? Do you go to God and let him turn the light on and you find life in him and you find cleansing in him? Now I'm going to get a little nasty. God is love. Well, that's not nasty, is it? 1 John 4, 8. Love. What on earth does love mean? One of the things I've been thinking about is love and acceptance. In Ephesians 1, 6, says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I was a single guy for 38 years. I had left my friends at home, and I was 12 years, and I had learned new friends in Japan, and then I left them, and within a year I was married. Guess what happened? I accepted a whole crew of new people. Some crazy brother in laws and some, you know, Aunt Marcia's friends. Why did I accept them? Because she was my beloved. And who were her friends became my friends. And that's what true marriage should be. I know a lot of marriages get into trouble because. You don't accept the friends and family from the other side, but true love is accepting. And God has accepted us because of his love for Jesus Christ. And when we're in him, then we're accepted. We're loved. Then I know some of us struggle. Well, God doesn't really like me. What who is God? He is love. Can He love you any more? Than he does right now? Can he love you any more than he does right now? Can he love you any less than he does right now? Because he is love, right? He doesn't go up and down and up and down. It's not something that's external to him that he's taken on. He is love. So when he says, I love you, how much does he love you? his whole being. He said, I am. Is that going to change his love? No, because he is constant, right? And he is love. So you're loved. No more, no less than right now, because that's who he is. He's love. And you're accepted in the love to boot, to put on top of that. But, and here's where I'm going to mess. <laughs> what is the opposite of love? What's the opposite of love? <laughs> You're afraid to answer, aren't you? <laughs> How many of you think the opposite of love is hate? I don't really think the opposite of love is hate. What is love? It's a flowing out to somebody, isn't it? What is hate? It's an action towards somebody. What is the apathy? Nothing. Right? Indifference. Couldn't care less whether you're there or not. It doesn't mean a thing to me that you're, you know, apathy. If I hate you, at least I'm interacting with you. Right? But if I'm apathetic towards you, Okay, now this is where it really gets sticky. Something that has happened in North America and Europe, I think it happened there first. God is love. We love everybody. Everybody is accepted in God. We're all the same. I don't think so. Does God love sinners? Read the verse. It doesn't say, I hate sin, I hate iniquity, does it? It says, I hate the workers of iniquity. That's hard for us to accept. Because we've been taught, oh, God is love, he loves everybody. And it does say in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whosoever. But what about those who don't ask, I mean, answer that call? There are about 45 different theologies in the evangelical church to do away with hell right now. Because we don't understand this difference of love and hate and apathy. God is not apathetic to those who are different to him. To those who are not with him. To those who don't know who he is. Do you really understand that your friends and relatives who do not know God stand in line for his hatred? Do we really understand that love, perfect love and perfect hatred can exist at the same time in the one who's perfect? We have a short time to respond to his love. And in case you think this is just Old Testament, read that one. The word for this is projectile vomit. I was taking care of a baby once. When there was missionary gatherings and stuff, I was the single guy. I got all the babies to look after. (laughs) I don't know why, but... And I had one little kid that honestly, he could hit that back wall from here. (laughs) Tell me that this is love, right? God is so... Big. He is so balanced. These things are perfect in him. Love is perfect. Hate is perfect. There's no apathy. It's we who get apathetic. Is MCC an apathetic church? Is every member on board? Or are you kind of, hmm, we'll make it? The Lord is good. I am so grieved with fellow believers who get into trouble and God isn't good to them anymore. They don't have that deep-rooted sense of the goodness of God no matter what we're facing, right? We have had some friends lately. We've lost five friends. We've been at five funerals in the last little while. And in one day in our little town, there were nine obituaries in our paper one week. We've been going through a lot of loss. And a lot of people saying, where is God? Is he good? But one of the things that sustains us is that God is good, despite what happens. I am. It doesn't change. I am good. Let me ask you this question. Acts ten thirty-eight it says, Jesus went about doing good. Why did he go about doing good? My students would always say, Well, he was trying to win people's affection to him. He was trying to, you know, evangelize, so he was doing good. Is that the answer? Why did Jesus go about doing good? Because he is God. He's good. What else do you expect him to be doing? Right? And we have so hard a time expecting that God's going to do good to us, especially when things don't look good. Is he really going to do good? The nitty-gritty. Since God is, since he is the I am, since he is holy, since he is the set-apart one, different, since he is love, since he is light, since he is good, and if I have accepted him and I would guess that most of you in the congregation today have accepted him and he lives in us. That's an amazing thought. How then should I act? What should I be like? Since the eternal I am dwells in me, I should what? You don't have to answer for each of you in your own life. If the I am, the eternal I am dwells in you, What's flowing out of you? Since the Holy One dwells in me, I should. Am I totally set apart? Am I different? Or am I afraid to be different? Since light dwells in me, I should. When my men's group walks into the restaurant, the dirty jokes stop. The light's flowing out. Does that happen, right? Do you bring life to others? Do you bring a measure to others? Since love dwells in me, I should. And remember that love and hate exist. Do I really love properly? And that means I hate the things that God hates. Since goodness dwells in me, does everywhere I go is there good things happening? and embarrass my wife, but she's a great example to me for this. that where she goes, good things happen. She's no one for that. She works with seniors. we have a seniors outreach program in our town. When you reach 65 and you have to do all the government papers and all this kind of stuff, there's somebody there to help you. Otherwise, I don't think you'd ever make it through. (laughs) Somebody did 900 sheets here. Well, Seniors Outreach takes care of the 900 sheets for seniors. If you need to go to the hospital in Edmonton or Calgary, we have carrying cars. If you need to go downtown and you don't have a car, we have a bus that takes you downtown. We have carrying phone calls. We have carrying visits. We have... Seniors in our county are taken care of. And Marcia is in charge of most of those programs. And I see that that goodness. God gave me something very special when he gave me a wife like Marcia. As a group of believers, how is MCC doing? Letting God show in the life of your congregation today Are you just a bunch of individuals that gather here? Are you really a body? And does that body know the I am? Does that body know the holiness? Does that body know the love? Does it know the life? Is that flowing out of this body? I don't know you guys, so I can stand up here and say that. (laughs) My guess is, yes, it's growing in you. And may it continue to grow into you until this place is known, to be God-like because God is flowing and these attributes we've talked about are flowing out of this congregation and there is a love and there is a unity in this congregation because God is here there's no other so how can there be otherness in the congregation we're going to have communion communion comes from the word common what are we celebrating in communion We're celebrating that I am lives here. We're celebrating that love lives here. We're celebrating that life lives here. We're celebrating that goodness lives here because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the day when who God is will be seen perfectly in us, when we're resurrected and taken into his presence and we will be like him truly. Isn't that going to be a great day? I never take communion without, and so many times we take communion and we just think of the present, but we're also saying, I'm waiting for that day when I will really walk in tune with the I am. Right? We have a commonness with God now because he dwells in us, and we celebrate that in communion. Lord bless you guys. It's been a real privilege to be here and speak to you. I love being in international groups. I love hearing your stories. I love um, the way that you are working together here. I know there's some challenges, but I am is with you. He will take you through.
0: Lord bless you.